Welcome to season two, episode 24, well, episode 55 if you're nasty. Is it 55? Season I thought it was 69. No, it's 50. Either or. Oh, Lord. Hey, sweet babies. <laughs> Welcome to Open Relationship Podcast, where we have an open and honest conversation about everything from A to Z. As it pertains to LGBTQ plus community and beyond, I'm your host Rodney, and you can follow me on IG at I am Rodney Wash. And I'm your host Marco the Prince, and you can find me on IG at Marco the Prince. I'm Shazam. You can follow me at underscore kid and play underscore. And I am Solomon, and you can follow me on IG at Solomon E Stretch. And now it's time to sing how I got over Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got over with the money. <laughs> so. <laughs> We have a collection plate in the middle, Sweet Babies, where you can donate to the podcast. Your donation will go to the production of the podcast and make this podcast better for you. You ought to ask for two hours or more, and to do that, we have to keep receiving donations. Thank you. But open it, I want to give a good shout-out because y'all are giving, and we thank you for that. That's we going do. towards production. So keep it up. Keep giving. God gonna bless you. And so I'll let you know how to further support the podcast. And you can further support us by going to our YouTube channel and liking, commenting, and subscribing. We really do appreciate all of the comments. The comments are growing. Okay. And oh my God. Um, Just (laughs) responding to the comments is... It's fun. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot. Um, But we really do appreciate it because... uh, it shows that you guys are watching, and it yes. also shows that you care. Yes, yes, we appreciate you. And keep giving five stars on Apple because we are five-star bitches. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, Marco, how was your week? Um, Honestly, my week was kind of, like, troublesome. Um, so I started, as mentioned before, um, I started, well... I restarted therapy with a new therapist, so last week oh, was yeah. our first meet. You know, I like to give a, three meets, and then we're going to see if it's a match. But the first meet was good. At first, I was a little nervous because just going into something new. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, um, went out on Friday, bartended another wedding on Saturday. The girls are getting married. <laughs> yes. See and what you're doing for others, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Send the blessings uh, my way. <laughs> He's in the neighborhood. Who <laughs> <laughs> come by here? <laughs> and then um, I had I happened to tiptoe out in the city over the weekend just to release a little stress. Um, you three, um, just keep prayers to my mom. Um, she was rushed to the hospital yesterday. Oh, good. Um, yeah. She was just keep me in your prayers and oh, our family. So. Yes. Yes. Well, you know I understand. Yes. <laughs> you know Solomon, how was your week? You need a hug. I think so, I want to say Major Solomon because I'm sick of y'all coming into this podcast <laughs> as if we're just like. We only talk when oh, it comes to the podcast and then we don't well, know nothing about y'all. I understand right. that things happen last minute, but. I like to pray and meditate in the morning. I might want to speak your name in the morning when I get up. That is fair. It was, honestly, it happened when I was at work. So it's been less, well, like probably like 24 hours now. But when I found out and come in here, it was only less than 12 hours. And I was trying to get my mind right for this. So I understand. the opener said we don't open up enough. So I just. 
And so I, <laughs> one of the reasons why I was looking at you like that is because of that. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, um, so since you asked me how my week has been, so Thursday I went on a candlelight. I went to a candlelight concert. Mm. Was that with the violins? Yes. Yes. And it was a Whitney Houston tribute. And I it saw was, somebody posting it and they said it was good. It was amazing. <sighs> and so I was like, this is going to be a regular thing for me. Mm. Um, was it a date? N- no. It oh, was okay. supposed to be though. So when I bought my tickets, I bought two. And I was like, and I bought it like months ago. And I was oh. like, May the best winner win. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but uh, so the plan fell through and I went by myself. Um, but it was an amazing time. And so I, I plan to go again in November. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there's another one that I'm interested in. Who's then, the artist in November? So the. Oh, God. So um, it's it's um, Hans Zimmerman. So he he's a. um, um a composer and a lot of his music is are in music um movies mm-hmm. um oh. one of my favorite soundtracks is interstellar and okay. the soundtrack for that the music i wanted to be my wedding song mm-hmm. and so i've had this in my mind for the longest time is playing on my birthday oh so i was like i have to go see this um but today about five o'clock this is why i was giving you that look mm-hmm. My mom sent me a text message and she told me that her dog died. And so I called her, you know, had the conversation. She was tearful, um, emotional. And so that today's Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Friday is like the 10th anniversary of her mother's death. And so this week is going to be heavy for her. her. So I'm going to go home this weekend. As you should. Um, But I had found that out like three hours before I seen y'all. So oh. I was like, am I going to get on him? <laughs> about not telling us about this. Lord, I got to do better on that though. <laughs> Shazam, how was your week? My week is great. Like I went out to the cabins this weekend, had a great time, came back. I was tired. Those gays tried to murder me. <laughs> um, we're just getting old and like we just cannot turn up and hang out like we used to like the first night everybody went up we had a great time the second day everybody was like who girl I need a BC powder I need they're like girl we tired we old <laughs> but other than that it was a great vibe um, I think it's just great that you can have and that well personally me I have a village of like other gay friends that I can just go and have a good time with and relax mm-hmm. there are multiple hours that I just spent laying across the bed looking out the window at the mountains because I was just relaxing so other than that, it's been great. Um, yeah. And did you need it? Yeah. Mm. I love to get away. I like to unplug. I like to just be there, out there. It's like barely any service. So like the social media posts were like few and far between. It was great. Rodney, how was your week? Fantastic. What'd you do? <laughs> I did a lot. Um, a lot of what? I had a good getaway. <laughs> Where'd you go? Where'd you go? I went on a getaway. Where'd you go? <laughs> Oh, to get away. <laughs> Where did you go? <laughs> That's how you get out of me. <laughs> Girls, Rodney went on a cabin trip as well. <laughs> did y'all see each other? No, they was way deep in the woods. Oh. We didn't go that far. Yeah, we was up in the mountain. We had a better view. <laughs> oh, the girl wants to show us. girl wants no, to battle. But, <laughs> but, but no, um, it was cool. Um, I was actually, what, a, two, a city over from you? Yeah, like yeah. 30 miles up the yeah, road. Yeah. Oh, okay. Not too far, go right down the road. Um, but a, a, a good week. Um, a, he, okay, so 
keep my family your prayers. Um, my brother, uh, I'll be shocked if he is be here ne- this time next week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm okay. We we know this was happening. But my mom called me upset. That's why I was kind of you know late here today. But um, just keep just keep us in your prayers. But you know God is still good. He's always gonna be a ram in the bush. Come on. Um, let's get the show started. So they say blessings come after storms. So I hope all of y'all that are experiencing something. I hope after this, there's gonna there's gonna be something after this. But I do have a praise report. I always forget when you like what are y'all talking? I'm like, oh god. So my sister writes stories, right? She's been writing stories like for a long time. She has a Facebook page called Creole Gumbo. Mm. She has been reached out by a publisher from New York, a major, major publishing company. I can't say too much more, mm-hmm. but I might quit working. <laughs> <laughs> That's the goal. That's the goal. <laughs> and like, I'm just so proud of her because like, she has been writing these stories for so long, and for somebody to look at them, appreciate them, want to like just, you know, drop a bag. Mm-hmm. Shit. <laughs> but Amen. I'm happy yeah. for it. So shout, shout out, out to, to her. Sister. Yeah. Listen, he's in the neighborhood, child. Yes, he yeah, is. gotta say something good when something's saying right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. All right, y'all, you already know before we get into these streets, you know, we got to pay these bills. If you don't know, now you know that Apple is our official sponsor for Open Relationship Podcast. If you click the link in the bio, you can get one month of Apple TV or one month of Apple Music. And as always, your support is greatly appreciated. So this week in the streets, full disclosure, so I'm not the best... um, politic person that keeps up with uh-huh. all that to know like how it works and things so Solomon brought this to my attention mm-hmm. about the fearless fund um, and I read the article and oh, did I just send in the chat? yeah hmm? okay yeah I sent a lot of shit so. oh <laughs> yeah, he was like what did I say can you do <laughs> <laughs> um, and I found this very like interesting but also disheartening um, the interesting part is it's an um, organization, Fearless Fund, that awards black women in entrepreneurships that grants them money for their business, startup businesses. The part that is troublesome to me is that, like, the other people want to take it away from them. And I'm just not... the Republican Party. It's oh. okay. Keep it simple. <laughs> the Republican Party. Yeah. Um... <laughs> It's a gentleman by Edward Blum um, that supports the AAER, which is the American Alliance for Equal Rights, disagrees that this should be a thing. They should not have any money. He's going to send it up to the Supreme Court. And feel free to correct me when I'm wrong, because I'm still learning as, you know, I learn about politics. Um, But I just don't understand why this is a thing and how did we get here and... How do we overcome this? Because I think this is a great organization. If you guys don't know, 61% of black women sponsor their own startup businesses in America, um, which is a great thing. But then we have the other races that just gets money handed to them. So then they can be basically make the rich rich and the poor poor. I don't think this... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, and we all know... Well, let me not say we all. Let me speak for myself. Um, I didn't raise up in a family where we 
talked about money and how to invest it and how to navigate it and savings accounts and things like that. As soon as we get money, we spend it. Yeah. So um, I just wanted to have a roundtable conversation to discuss this and bring like light to it and have a heartening conversation with it. I think the first thing to call out is that this was in like this court case happened in Atlanta, mm-hmm. like literally like two weeks ago or maybe last week. And both of the black women are in Atlanta. Like so this was like right here at our front door. Like although we may not everybody not may not have known about it. It was a very big deal. Secondly, we have to take into account that this Edward Bloom guy has been fighting like against things that make racial equality real for years. Um, 2012 was the first time he brought up affirmative action. And it got overturned recently. Mm -hmm. So this isn't something that um, is new. I think it's something that now more people are like knowledgeable of and they want to call it out. But this isn't something that's like he just randomly picked up. He's been doing this for years. And we're going to call it what it is. You're racist. You are. Like you want to take away these opportunities from groups of people who have been marginalized for years who are still behind the mark due to slavery. Let's call a spade a spade. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think there's a stat that like the average black person is still 10 years behind like our white counterparts due to slavery, especially financially. Mm-hmm. All of us can name people who are white that have been like, oh yeah, like my parents are going to put $30,000 down on my house or my parents paid for my wedding. It was $80,000. A lot of black people don't have that experience. So I think this is a moment where like People really need to be knowledgeable of this because it's slowly, like we've always talked about, it's slowly just going to turn over more and more rights of other marginalized groups. Mm-hmm. And attacking black women is just trash. And you're not going to win. You just lost. <laughs> you got your ass whooped. Uh, I'm but he did appeal it. Because so. the Supreme Court is not in our favor right now mm-hmm. due to people not voting. When I say people, black people. Um, <laughs> and... You know what? Sometimes you got to get burned by fire to realize that it affects you, too. And I hate to say it, but we have to learn that because we think we're not affected by something. A group of us think we're not affected by us, where you be gay, straight, womanhood, mm-hmm. how they took. That, to me, still bothers me to this day that we strip women the rights of their own bodies. Mm-hmm. And I knew once they did that, everybody else was a fair game. Like, I truly believe, like, because, like, women are the foundation of the world. They bring in life and all that stuff. Like, and once you take that from them, everybody else is just like, like, it's it's over. And I really think this is going to, I mean, they already did a school thing. I feel like this is going to be next. And they want to holler we are equal. But when I sit on my, um, when I sit on my meetings in a manager meeting, and when I look at people who manage, like at the top tier, everybody looks white. Nobody mm-hmm. looks no other color but white. So you want to say, oh, we're equal. We're this. Oh, oh, we have a black president at um at what's the school? They have the black president of the school. Is it Yale or Princeton? I don't keep up with them. Oh, Ivy League. One of Ivy League <laughs> schools has a black president of something, mm-hmm. and they're like, that's good. I said, but one black person out of a staff of fifty. Is that is that, is that really good though? Like you got to think about the numbers and things. People say like it's a hundred white like, says a hundred white people in the company, and you have three people that have high level positions. Is that really equality? Think about it. Look at the Senate. Mm-hmm. Nothing but white people. <laughs> like it, the, the the proof is in the pudding. Y'all want to put this down there top, and it kind of pisses me the fuck off. And I'm going to cuss because they want they want to say that the world's becoming better. It's not like it was, but y'all are, y'all the KKK people are now in the office. 
They don't need a hood anymore. Mm-hmm. They're hiding in plain sight, literally. Hiding in plain sight, i.e. this man. And just to bring some more context to the clues, back at home, Mississippi, I'm from at Gulfport, which would be equivalent to like probably Savannah for Atlanta, right? Okay. And then Jax would be like Atlanta in Georgia. Gotcha. If that makes sense. And you have some um, places in Mississippi where you have black kids think about what they will eat the next day versus your white counterparts are have nannies and they have mm-hmm. these mansions because they have all these slave owners and they have all this money passed down for generations. Like, it's not the same, sis. I'm hungry, worried about whatever, watching my mama kids, my mama probably strung out on drugs. It's just so much disparities when it comes to black people. And white folks are not the same. I'm sorry. And I'm not going to sit here and act like it is when it's really not. How could you place Mississippi where you do like, damn, this is, are we back in the 1800s? That's how some people truly live. And I think it's mm. interesting because it's not just Mississippi. It's yeah everywhere. And um, because we have this saying about being on the other side of the tracks for a reason, mm-hmm. right? Anybody in any city or any state can have those experiences. Um, those those disparities are real yeah. and they are living and we are living through them. And um, one thing, and I've been thinking about this a lot, Um because, like, I, I absolutely love the fact that you get fired up about politics. Oh. Because, you know, it's, it's not often we see people my age or younger that are as fired up about politics. I mean, I think it's absolutely amazing that we see um, these young Congress people mm-hmm. lighting their asses up. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm, I'm just, ooh. Like I drink, I get my hot tea, and I'm just watching. Like, what are they gonna say next? And it's fearless, and I love the fearlessness. Um, but then I also think about like how I grew up. Like I remember watching all twelve or thirteen parts of Roots. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, we wa- it was required in us for us in the eighth grade. Which and I know a lot of younger black people who I can say Roots, and they'd be like, "What?" I've watched all parts. Hmm? I haven't watched all parts. I don't do black trauma movies. Oh, we have to do a class. Right, and so, like, but when I was growing up, that was kind of, like, a thing. Like, you watch Roots. You watch, like, the Women of Roots are Place. You watch all of these different things. And then, like, now, now that I'm older, I choose not to watch them. So, like, I'm I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, because it's, like, why why do I have to watch that for entertainment when I get to turn on the news? Mm-hmm. Well, point taken, I was going to have a pushback. Um, however, I think everyone should know where you come from. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly, we're not as far as advanced as we want to think we are because we still have issues like this at hand. Um, but just a rebuttal to that, even if we got every black person watching Roots, he's still going to act a damn fool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think, but it's to me, it's kind of sad when you're missing Roots. You haven't watched none of it. You don't even know what you're talking about. I don't think I, it's you don't know what you're talking about. Everybody knows the basis of the story of Roots and knows what kind of trauma black people have been through. I don't think we should require kids to sit around and watch that over and over when we can watch the news like Solomon said mm-hmm. and see somebody get gunned down tomorrow. Yeah, but they need to know why is that happening. You think people are being gunned down based off of Roots? I think people gunned down because now they don't need certain things like the KKK anymore. Or But there are people that are getting gunned down by black folks as well. You know what I mean? So I don't think yeah. it's directly related to Roots, but I get what you're saying. Well, but... In a sense, it is because you have white people who have traumatized blacks and then through that trauma, black people who have traumatized blacks. Mm. I'm not making the connection to roots. 
Well, not Ruth specifically, but I'm just talking about slavery. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, slavery. I understand learning yeah. about slavery, but, like, saying specific, like, oh, they need to watch this. I'm just no, like... I'm just, I was just using Ruth as... No, I'm just... I was just rebuttaling, okay. girl, now. I think What's it's up? educational. I don't think so. Uh, so <laughs> I went... <laughs> so, like, I... So I understand, but I don't think it's un- educational. I went to an all-black high school in Portland. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, like not go to Thomas high Jefferson High School. We was known as the Democrats. And then I had a white history teacher. And the whole class is black, and we had to watch Roots for 12 weeks. How did he discuss that? I'm interested. Honestly, I, I can't remember. Okay. <laughs> because I was just like... Why are we why are we watching this? Because we can be learning about American history versus slavery. Not taking my culture away from American it, but history, like, slavery history. Yes. You're right. I agree. Um but not the traumatizing. Like I like in eighth grade, watching roots, white teacher in front of me, and then all black students. But just probably 30 years ago, that wasn't the case to even be sitting in the same classroom with a white teacher. Well, I'm 35. I mean... What are you talking about 30 years ago? Like, <laughs> they're changing the curriculum now. Mm-hmm. And Florida, so you can't why, learn about African-American history. You need to, that's why I think people need to learn where they come from, but we can talk all day about this. <laughs> oh, <true. laughs> you know, but... We'll talk about this in yeah, history. Yeah, just take because, you know, I can't... Yeah. <laughs> on, a, um, <laughs> on a higher note, um, something that makes me really excited. <laughs> um, did you guys see the? Tra- yeah, did you guys see the trailer for um, the Renaissance movie? Yes, yes, did. Mm-hmm. So, fun fact. So, I I don't know why I got so emotional over this concert uh, on Sunday. It was. Like, I watched it on live. And I don't watch anything on live. Like, I might jump in the comments and, like, just exit out. But I watched the entire concert on live on my phone. And, like, when Blue Ivy got on that stage and started crying, it she was over. She, she looked at the crowd and, whew, I think the that, best part is when there's moments where, so if you don't perform, show, right? you know mm-hmm. people wear in-ears. Mm-hmm. And you typically, the in, since you have your in-ears in, you normally cannot hear the crowd how we hear it. Right. Because they're listening to the music to make sure they're on beat and all that kind of stuff. So there's like multiple scenes where Blue Ivy, like, when she gets done dancing, she takes out her in-ears and she like jumps back because mm-hmm. everybody's like yelling her name. So I think it's, I think that's really dope. But for the Renaissance movie... I think we saw it coming. I think it's amazing. I didn't I think, think it was going to be a movie in movie theaters. I thought it was going to be on streaming platforms. It's Beyonce. <laughs> I mean, she never did a movie theater. She did well, she I... always tops her last yeah. name. She did Netflix, so she <laughs> had to go bigger. <laughs> so go bigger, I, go home. I thought that was amazing. Even a Disney deal. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was on Disney Plus. She did Disney Plus and Netflix. What was she going to do? Peacock? Child. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it'd be good people who had, with had, did not be able to go see the concert. I won't go watch the movie because I was there in person and they gave me all I needed. Um, but people who had, did not go. I think it's a well. Rumor has it it's in IMAX and you know that's surround sound, so it's a whole different. That's fine. Experience. I saw the person, and it might, and it might be in 3D. So <laughs> I'm gonna go person. see it. <laughs> <laughs> but it comes out what December first. Yeah, I'm not going until December thirty first. I do not want to go during the first two weeks because I don't. If I go into the damn theater and, and motherfuckers are singing while she's on stage, I'm gonna be so upset. <laughs> like I'm gonna be. It's gonna irritate me. Now I'm not like 
I want people to do. I know people are gonna do the whole like how when Black Panther came out, everybody like got dressed to go to the movies. People mm-hmm. are gonna get dressed to go to this tour. I, I mean, this movie. But I want to go when the hype is over. <laughs> like I don't. When good movies come out that I think are gonna be good and have people that I like, I like. I don't go see them. Like Little Mermaid, I just watched that two weeks ago. I do not watch stuff when it comes out because it'd be too much and I can't go to the theaters. Like, ugh. I did Wakanda when it first came out. That yeah. was beautiful. Mm. Yeah, I had my daishiki on and everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be open and honest. The first time I watched Black Panther number one, I fell asleep in the middle. Nope. But I don't like Marvel movies. I don't watch any superhero and movies. Marvel That's movies not my are thing. super long. Like two and a half, maybe three hours. Like. Yes, I fell asleep during Wakanda Forever. And you I wake did. up Not and the it's still one, going. The first one. I always fell asleep. Y'all know that part where they like, um, God rest his soul. But when they put Chaz McBoseman in like the in the sand, he would mm-hmm. fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Bitch, I was asleep too. Every single time I watched the movie. But that not was in fell. the beginning of the movie. Exactly. All right. <laughs> like, see, I'm a Marvel fan. Me too. Like, oh. So. Yeah, no, I. I just watched rewatched the Avengers uh, fighting Thanos in game. Aren't yeah. those long? They are, but it's so entertaining. Like the whole, I it's could, never boring. Like that fight scene, I could watch over and over and over again. Yeah, with Scarlet tearing that ass up, he said. <laughs> <laughs> Scarlet Witch was like, "Do he like? Do I know you?" She said, yeah, you, "No, bitch, but you gonna learn me." You will. <laughs> She'll beat that nigga up. And he had to, had to get the people shot down. But he said, "Rain on these bitches." She about to kill me. <laughs> I don't know the quote. She would beat that ass. I would love to see she you. She would beat in that ass. I would love to see you do a voiceover for her. <laughs> Hilarious. So are you two like one of like you go opening weekend for Marvel movies? Lions attack. <laughs> Lions, are you with me? That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. When that first came oh, out, everybody was posting that, that give in New York messy. talk about Beyonce. That was, that was you being God, like, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, I, I, I ain't going to say that anymore. It's well, okay, girl. Mm. You, 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 can we move on? Like, what you got going on? And then last but not least, we just going to keep it real short. Um, Jay-Z had... Um, a function this weekend in Atlantic City. He raised two, $24 million, excuse me, on the Reform Alliance um, project to restructure oh. the prison system. The article said Philadelphia, but they're trying to go nationwide. So, so what is this going to do for the prison system? Hopefully get the black man out because, you know, Jay-Z's good at that. <laughs> did Kim Kardashian attend? You know her fucking ass did. First of all, we not listen. I know we don't like like a lot of people are not fans of Kim, but when when Kim does the work, Kim does the work. Kim begin folk out. Shazam, take it away. You know what's funny? <laughs> Wait, I, I have to say this. Um, have y'all seen the poster going around with the guys got caught jerking off at the park? What? Yes. Okay. So just keep that in mind for my analogy. You know you at the park doing risky behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying I'm the saint. I have done risky things too. Mm-hmm. However, it, re- it 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 makes it irks my soul when people be so oblivious. They be like a billion, a billion to be like, Ob- I can't. Oblivious? Yeah, thank you. Okay. All right, but can you put I O N on it too? The word you, you would want is oblivious, though. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. See, I can't talk. My mind, mind's there with y'all, so please bear with me. Um, but people be shocked when you get caught. Like, oh, why you? arresting me for jacking off at the park. Bitch, you're at the park jacking off in a puppy park. Same thing for people who sell drugs. Mm-hmm. Fun, easy money, quick, get it how you live. When you get arrested, you want a whole boohoo moment. You knew the risk before you got arrested. 
Now, I speak people who sell drugs. You knew the risk before you got arrested. Now, do I think you need to get 15, 20 years, break somebody, rape or somebody, kill somebody? Hell no. But you knew what you were doing and a force of justice filled up with a lot of people in jail for selling mm-hmm. versus a lot of other things. However, I do think there'd be a reform. So hope this works. But mm-hmm. I don't believe in getting people passes because they black. So, I, so ooh, go ahead. Go ahead. I think <laughs> the, the thing here is that a lot of the reform that people go after when it comes to black men are because their cases compared to white counterparts are horrible. No, I agree with that. Like, white counterparts will, like, for example, I, I literally, like, this pisses me off. Like, everybody getting riled about something. Seeing white people have dispensaries and selling weed. Let me tell and there you. are black men in jail that are like, under the prison system for selling weed pisses me off. So when you think about prison reform, the way I think about it is a lot of the people that they're like helping through prison reform are people who have like petty crimes that are just like, why are they there? Or there's like people who have been innocent and they need like, they don't have the money or their family doesn't Mm -hmm. have the money to actually level up with the system. The system is fucked up and broken and it was never built to help us. So prison reform and things like this, it's just like I, I understand like where you're at because it's like you know the crime, but it's like some of the crimes you, like getting the book thrown at you for yeah, selling I, weed is crazy. Like, I don't agree with that. Like selling drugs, you get 20, 30 years, crazy. Now playing your with your penis in the park, throw her in the jail. Uh, right. Go to jail. Because it's families and shit out there. Like, but also just considering it's not just the prison system. Like the whole criminal justice system is yeah. a part of that. The, the prison is just the pipe part of the pipeline, and so you know. When I had my full disclaimer moment and I was like, you know, I, I, I had been arrested. There was a there was a, um, a proposition for me to be on probation, and they were like, so you know, after you, I know, right? Like for uh, FTA, failure to appear. Yeah. So these folks are crazy, absurd. And some black right. people fall for it and don't even know they and can so fight this it. Is the thing. Like if you don't read your paperwork, there was um, you could buy out of your probation. And then, or you can pay down your probation so you'll have less time. And so then, you know, I'm reading my paperwork and it's like, you know, if you pay your last fee by such and such date, by such and such date, then um, you won't have to be on probation. So I go to the probation office and I'm there with my money. And she was like, you're supposed to pay it before this date. I said, no, it says right here by this date. So it means I can pay it on today. And she was like, well, you were supposed to be here before. So... Are you going to pay the extra fee, or are you, or um, are we going to have to reschedule your um, your supervision? Mm-hmm. And I was like, and so I'm, I had a moment, and so instead of being like, I'm about to get arrested again, you know, I looked around the room and I saw a lot of people who looked like me, and I was like, if they didn't have the extra money, mm. then they would have just had to been rescheduled for another supervision, which digs a hole That's for them, ridiculous. for people who don't have the means. And so then it was just like, this is ridiculous. But it also was a driving force for me to continue to do the work that I do because me as a counselor and um, I work alongside the criminal justice system for, so the people who get charges, get arrested, whatever, like they have an ability to get therapy instead of incarceration. Hmm. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. It is, but the unfortunate thing is that most people who would benefit from that never know about those programs, which sucks because just like you said, you looked around the room and there were probably people in that room that did not have the money, the extra money, and they was probably like, well, shit, I'm going to just be on probation and left. Think about the show Painkillers where they had this 
um, epidemic when it came to Oxycontin. Mm-hmm. Black folks down on crack for years, addicted mm. to crack for years, robbing people, no type of reforms out, no nothing. But when our white folks got addicted, oh, we got to stop, we got to sue. And I'm just like, this is so fucking crazy. Like, y'all lock up black people for doing crack. They're they're addicted to it, right? We all know what addiction is and what it means. You got white folks to do it. Y'all want to throw them in all these little centers and go get help. So, like, if that's what the reform will do, then I'm here for it. So I, I redact my statement on that. Um, <laughs> but, like, it's just crazy. And I just do so countless other movies that shows how when something affect white people, then it's a whole thing. And to go further, uh, talk about it a little bit more, remember how that Chinese man, um, when the Chinese, uh, they said the Chinese people gave people COVID and be- oh. beat them, and they had this whole bill passed for them mm-hmm. within a week? Was yeah. it like two weeks? Yeah. And black folks been complaining for so long, it's like, fuck y'all. And when we have built this, con- you know what? I have to say this too. I'm going to stop. If it wasn't for black people, a lot of other minorities would not be able to be here. Mm-hmm. Period. I don't care what you say and how you say it. And then we are looked at as some of the most laziness, nastiness, ghettoist people. But it wasn't for our laziness to get away as yo, whatever you are, would not be able to be here and do what you want to do. So I just think that black folks just want to break. We just want to see and hurt, be feeling hurt. And I love when Solomon said, when he see a black person, he just say hi. And that might has been a nice thing you said. They somebody said to them because they always looked at it as a target, a threat. Mm-hmm. It's just we, we just always getting hit on and yeah. beat down, and we can't take no more. It's like what more do y'all like? What more do y'all want us to do? Like it's crazy, and I want to get emotional because it's gonna piss me off. But like we we just we're tired. Black people are tired, and we just want a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. That's it. We don't want no handouts. I don't need no 40 acres of mule. I don't need none of that shit. Just give me the same up to you giving Timmy, and I promise y'all be okay. Period. <sighs> Bothers me. Had a nerd to call black folks lazy bitch. When people get on topics <laughs> like that, I just remind them to just look at the stats of assistance programs, a lot of a national assistance programs such as food stamps, there are a majority of white people in those. It's not black folks. It wasn't mm-hmm. made for black people. Like, yeah, that's what I'm it saying. Wasn't so made it's for black like people. when people go to those <laughs> references and they're like, well, black folks this, and I'm just like, y'all are so lost. Black people have never been a weak people. Like, but we could talk about that all night. I know that's right, Rodney girl. I agree with you on that, child. But I, I will also say this, as a closing it out, you know, with all of it, black people still thrive. We do. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are we survivors. Yes, we, we are do. true survivors. And black don't crack. We don't age like mm-hmm. bananas. Probably shouldn't have said that. That's all right. Sam, <laughs> <laughs> take it away. Oh, so just to go to something lighter, we're kind of talking about <laughs> different things and like well, situation with Shazam, first of all. It's always a situation that we've all experienced, something that's great, it's going to be named after a song. And today we're going to talk about different experiences based off of culture and things. And I was having an interesting conversation with um, one of my friends this weekend. And they have a child, and I asked how old the child was. Mm-hmm. And they said, like, 17. And I was like, oh, okay, I didn't know she was that old. I was like, does she have her license? And he was like, no, she be Ubering. And I was like, Ooh. baby, when 
I turned 16, I was like, I want my license. I want them car keys. I want the CD player, well, the tape player with the cord that you plugged into your phone or your iPod or whatever you had. So today is Ride Rihanna. Ride was a good song. It was from Rihanna before she went rock star. We ride, all that good stuff. So we you're fine. Exactly. We Get tired of your lies. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so Riot Rihanna, shout out to Rihanna and her two beautiful children. Those kids are so cute. And I love it for her. I'm glad that she's getting I'm I'm watching I'm liking to watch all the all the girls get old and like Mm -hmm. really enjoy being moms and doing regular shit. So, anyways, first car experience. I know all y'all had a first car. So how old were you when you first got your license? I was 16. As soon as I turned 16, I said, take me to go get that motherfucker license. I think it was 17. 16. Y'all gonna read me. No, tell your truth. Don't say 24. Wait, what? Mm-hmm. When you got your license? Truth be told, I've Wait, always... what did you guess? I said 24, didn't oh, say 27. <laughs> so truth be told, I've always lived in a metropolitan city, so bus, metro, train has always been my thing. Transit. Transit, yeah. Uh, metro is DC, my bad. Um, yeah, so like, I get the bag... Get on the train, know when the train coming, like all that. Like, I was the friend that, oh, we going out tonight, so who picking me up? That makes sense though, because so this friend I was talking to, like, they live in Atlanta, so he was like, yeah, she just Ubers, like, she'll ask me money for Uber and Ubers or whatever, you know, like that, like parental apps where you mm-hmm. can, like watch where your kids are. So that was like the first connection I made, like, wow, this generation, and depending on where you lived, I grew up in a little country town, you wanted a car. You it did. was some of us that was driving before we even had a license, not me, <laughs> but I have some friends, I used to jump in the car with them, they didn't have no license, and we would be out on the town. We ride, we ride. <laughs> <laughs> so, another question. This is going to be quick and dirty. Did you have a car when you first got your license, or were you driving your parents? Parents. I was driving my mom's, too. I was driving my parents' car. Nope, I didn't have a car. I actually brought my friend's car to take my license test, just so I can get over that hump. So, how was it driving your parents' car? Did you have, like, strict rules around, like, who could be in the car, where you could go? <laughs> could you have boys in the car? Could you have girls in the car? Well, actually, so my first car was a hand-me-down. So my okay. parents handed it down to my brother, okay. and then I got it. Damn. Yeah. I like it, though. But it was like, it was so like a car, 90, shit. it was like a 95, it's a car. 97 okay. um, Toyota Avalon. Mm. So it was a truck? No. It was Avalon's, a, oh, that's, that's a sedan. Thing. Girl, yeah. I'm not yeah, good at cars. Like Marco, if it's in my insurance, like <laughs> so, I was able to drive within the coast limits. I can't go to Mobile, Alabama. I cannot drive to New Orleans. What do you think those rules came from? Was it like you not like you you not grown enough or like it was just too much? I sh- and I, I respect it now as I get mm-hmm. older. I sh- shouldn't no six year old be driving to New Orleans into Mobile. It's nothing but that, I was looking for trouble. Um, I had to drive and get everything for my parents while I learned how to drive. That was aggravated as fuck. (laughs) See, I like like, that part. Don't eat license. Take (laughs) your shit back. (laughs) (laughs) But, but like, yeah, my parents, but, like, as far as restrictions, I was, you know, don't get a ticket. Listen, and you just drive. Mom was homeschool work. Drive to school. I got six twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have the music turned on with Rodney? <laughs> I had a Ford Expedition, two thousand. Uh, <laughs> big body, <laughs> big bitch. Everybody riding with me on the bus. Like, mm. We were in school, bitch. Let's go. <laughs> My first car was a red Pontiac Grand Prix, and like in Indiana, you couldn't have. It was like the rule was like you can't have anybody in a car that's 
under 21 for the first like 90 days mm-hmm. so like i couldn't have nobody ride in the car with me i was always by myself or it was like my mom or my sister because they were well my sister wasn't 21 but my mom was like that's your sister mm-hmm. but any other than that nobody was in the car with me like i had to really roll by myself and my mom did not play about that she's like you'll get distracted something's gonna happen and then i'm gonna have to come get you like so mm-hmm. so y'all all met you said you had a ford expedition ford mm-hmm. expedition and you had an avaline mm-hmm. I had a 2006 Ford Explorer, Big Mama, bronze. Ford Explorer. Oh, truck. Yeah, right. SUV. Oh. Mm-hmm. I got her in upstate New York. Long story short, I drove her from Rochester to Toronto. As soon as we came back from Toronto, she broke down. <laughs> if she would have broke down in another country, I don't know what the hell I would have did. Damn. <laughs> but she also had like 180,000 miles. And remember, this is my first car, so I don't know. Like, Did you even get the oil changed? Nope, my man did that. Girl, do you know that you have the funniest stories when it comes to cars? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine getting broke down a truck? No. Have y'all saw Jonathan Fair vacation where as soon as they pulled the driveway, the doors fell off mm-hmm. the car? <laughs> <laughs> you both be like, <laughs> did you take a American dollar? Canadian. <laughs> Michael, you had to leave your car on the other side of the border. <laughs> but how would I would have got home? I would have to figure it out. Ooh. <laughs> That is a story. Especially when it comes to cars. I ask you no more questions about cars. No, you can't. It's it's an interesting story. So last quick question. (laughs) Whoa. I heard that. It was some interesting stories about cars. Mm -hmm. Next question. (laughs) Next question, Timmy. So last question, just so we can really wrap it up. What was like a hot song when you first got your license? Like what when you got in a car, you turned it on and turned it up. Like when I pull up to the school, they're gonna hear this motherfucker. Six twelves by motherfucking Webby. I'm riding down a block. You hear me? I was like, a, I've always been an R&B head, and I remember playing T Pain. Mm. I can't believe it. And my mom had like this big ass SUV, and I used to turn it all the way up. And when I would go into the parking lot, I'm like, I'm definitely gonna turn this up, and I'd be going sixty. And the parking lot I'm supposed to be going twenty. <laughs> That's what's wrong. <laughs> Listen, still can't drive. <laughs> Honestly, I don't remember. Really? Mm-mm. You playing that much music? No. <laughs> no? No. Like, I just don't remember, like, what was hot when I was 17. Like, Really? Mm-hmm. What year was it? We can Google. Um, how old was I? When, um, what year was that when I was 17? So, my song was All Living Through There by Chris Dial. It was from Florida. <laughs> I, I I was coming from Florida to New through York. There, so all there, there, all of it through there. Real, yeah, we all of it through there. Let me tell you, fun. If that song ever comes on, just <laughs> just move out you your way, huh, baby. He got it. Mm-hmm. My is she gonna shake it <laughs> like a red dog? Like, like, like a red dog. I'm sorry. Okay, all right, my bad. You bringing back memories, right? Seven. 1997. Britney Spears. Oh. <laughs> oh, you tried it. You bet oh, I said oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> he was saying yes. I was like, you get your it. ass out of here. <laughs> no, but Britney was that girl. She you know, was Britney that was that girl. Yeah, Britney was she that was. girl. Now my prayers go out to homegirl because 
She yeah. having her life in her living room. Did she get her money back? I don't do that. <laughs> no, I'm I, I, no, like no disrespect, like dead ass, like no disrespect. I'm loving her dancing videos. It, it scares to me, me. It feels like she's living free. I, I like dancing though. Too, it so. sounds he's saying help in a secret it, it, way. It, she was dancing with knives. Who oh, does that? And she was tapping seen, her ass with knives. I have not seen that one. Oh baby, she's was I've dancing seen the with other knives. Ones. I have oh, not baby, seen the knives baby, one. Baby. All of my little scary, but that was fun. <laughs> I like to hear about y'all old experiences, especially when it comes to cars and riding with boys and everything else y'all was doing when y'all was young. Right, See, right. me, I was at church. I couldn't do what y'all did, but right, go ahead. Right, right. Take it away. All right, before we get into the menage a trois, here at Open Relationship Podcast, we are all about community, safe spaces, and open-ended conversations where we can agree to disagree and still be heard. We will have live shows via YouTube, merch, and giveaways coming soon. So click the link below. So you can be part of the chat. We hope to see you there. Cheers. Cheers. All right, you want to introduce it? Um, well, for today's Menage 12, Rodney's going to take it away. Uh, wow. <laughs> okay. So I was just up watching um, YouTube, and um, we were just talking about like how America has money problems and the debt to ratio. And I'm just like, wow, like, I remember making shit work for fourteen dollars and fifteen cents the first move to Atlanta, mm. and like living well. Mm. And sometimes I'm like, I'm making so much, you know. I'm, let me just rephrase that. I'm doing well, much better now, and I'm finding times where I'm just like, shit. If I was making off of this, why I'm not trying to live that same way? Or sometimes you have other Americans who are just trying to make ends meet. Period. Mm. They don't even make what I make and still and take care of children and all this other stuff. So I thought it would be a cool exercise for us all to do different scenarios with money, mm-hmm. but other people bills, and we can see disparities between each other and see can we make it and what is with your second job to make ends meet or what would you have to do to survive in America in today's society? So that's what this thing is all about. So each person had to write down a, 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 a person, another person's salad, we don't know who it was, um, was given us by openers, and we threw it in the um, in our collection plate, we picked it up, and that's our salad for the month. Then we had to write down our personal bills, we're not going to disclose that it's not at y'all business, but our bills, and then we had to write down a savings account where we had $3,000 in there. And so my salary that was given to me was $156,000 a year. Um, when you equate that to the tax bracket for $93,000 to $182,000, it's 24%, plus Georgia State tax, 5, 5.75%. And when you take that away from that salary, um, I bring home $140,000, ah, $140,790. Ah, $140, and then you break it down monthly, I bring home $11,730.50 a month. My bills for the month, for each month moving forward, is $4,646. And you take that from my bills, I bring home a net gain each month is $7,086.50. So I was one of the lucky ones in America because I could say if something was happened to me, where any type of um, unexpected expenses, I have less to cover it. 
I don't think I would have to go into my savings account if I had the type of money. Thank God for that. <laughs> All right, Shazam, what you got? Um, so the salary that I pulled from the openers was one sixty, and that puts me in twenty four percent federal, five point seven five in state. So um, federal taxes are thirty eight thousand, and state taxes are nine thousand. So after taxes, that's one hundred and twelve, and I would be fine. Like I don't think it would be a big issue. Um, as we were working through this, so just to let the openers know, we were kind of working through this before we started recording, and we all just started thinking about like the different bills and like the different um, nuances that go into this. So we're all pulling salaries off of not having kids right now. Mm-hmm. We're all pulling salaries off of not having to pay student loans back right now. Mm-hmm. We're pulling salaries based off of things that are for us specifically, our bills. I can't imagine, just like Rodney said, what it looks like to not be in a professional job where I'm making 160, to not be in a professional job where I have somebody covering my insurance, not be in a professional job where I don't have any dependents and things like that. So like, it's, I couldn't imagine like, and then for this to be 160 annual and the average salary of the state of Georgia is $58,000, like I'm beyond blessed. You know what I mean? So how about you, Marco? So my salary is $84,300 a year. This will be the taxes. That breaks it down to $5,479.50 a month. My bills come to $3,000 even, so that leaves me with $2,479.50. Blessed. Could be doing more. I would probably get a part-time job just because vacations when I go on vacations I like to you know really be on vacation eat what I want drink what I want stay where I want to stay I'm still good but you know if I'm adding extra things for the future I would probably get a second job but as of today going forward I'm living good Um, savings can be a little bit better Um, so probably focus on that for a little bit until I get get it where I want it to be, but yeah. So the um, salary that I pulled was forty six thousand eight hundred and ninety one dollars after taxes. With, uh, the take home is thirty two thousand nine hundred and forty one, um, which is a monthly twenty seven thousand and some change. Um, Oh, my bills have been stressing me. <laughs> my my bills are three thousand three hundred, um, and so like I was sitting here and I'm looking at the savings and I'm like, and I'm was negotiating like going into my savings, um, and the interesting thing about it is I I remember making thirty thousand. I remember making forty thousand. And then going above. And then I also remember, like, like when you're talking about doing it and, you know, you're like, why am I not doing this now? And, yeah. you know, people <laughs> say more money, more problems. Yes. And, like, it's, it's real. Granted, I am the problem um, because my spending habits are. So are you in the red with your bills with that salary? Yes. How much? But how much? I didn't calculate. Um, <clears throat> but... I would definitely have to go into my savings. Okay. Or not have a savings. So you have to get a second job. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, when I think about it, 
Um, like we were struggling trying to figure out like all of the things that we're paying for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even think I have everything down. I don't mm. think I did. The more I kept looking, I'm like, I'm forgetting something. I, I know I'm forgetting something. And then you have to think about incidental expenses, like your car breaks down tomorrow. So that was another scenario. So yeah. if you had a $1,500 expense unexpectedly, would you be okay with your salary, Marco? With your net savings? Uh, mm-hmm. We had to go into your savings. No. You would be okay? Mm-hmm. I would be okay. I'll be fine, too. Because I was thinking about it. Because like, if you needed all new tires in your car, mm-hmm. that's going to probably cost you about, what, 1200 Okay. I don't want to talk about that. I went to the dealership last week and they was like, you need tires. And I was like, bitch. <laughs> Who I got to jack off? <laughs> Listen, what? She came out and said, Mr. Connor, you could need all new tires. Um, we saw the tread on the side. I said, girl, give me back my keys. <laughs> and took my ass How many more car. weeks do I have? Gotcha. Wait a minute. Not right. <laughs> Not you stressing out of jack off. <laughs> when I have to spend, make big purchases or like spend a lot of money, after I do it, I have to go lay down. Like mm-hmm. it caught, like it just, I don't like spending money. And it's like when you, like first of all, like you said, more money, more problems. Mm-hmm. The whole philosophy of like life creep. So thinking about like, oh, when I made this amount, I was doing fine. Like I made it like then and now I'll make this. And now I'm like, damn, but you have to think that everything is more expensive. Like America truly has a problem where it's our girl. Like we do have a big problem because the the cost of rent in Atlanta, when I first got here, my rent was barely eleven hundred dollars. And that was in twenty eighteen. <laughs> now my rent has skyrocketed. But then I'm doing crazy things like when I first got to Atlanta, like if I went to the grocery store, I'll be like, oh, okay, like I'm going to get enough things for the week. Now I just go to the grocery store. I'm just throwing shit in the cart. <laughs> Life creep, you know, like I make more money. So now I'm like, well, shit, if I, if I want to try these snack bars that are $12, when back in the day, I'm like, girl, I better get the great value $3.99 ones. Like mm-hmm. it's life creep. And it's actually crazy because when you make more money, like you can never save or essentially make more money if every time you make more money, you spend more money. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you get a new job, you go out and get a new car. Damn, girl, there's your raise. Like, just silly shit. And I think a lot of us, That's and the they might tear me up for this, a lot of black folks, we experience life creep. We make more money and we feel like we got to spend more money because everybody got to know that we got a new job. Everybody got to know that Guilty. we make some more money. Everybody got to know <laughs> I got so many jobs that I got to have 17 cars. Girl, you can only drive two at a time. <laughs> or it's like, oh, I didn't got a raise. I didn't got a bonus. I got to go buy a label. No, girl, you don't. Mm-mm. Now, I'm not shaming everybody else because I do the same shit. But I'm just saying, like, we have to be conscious of things like that because... There are moments, like, I'm sure a lot of people were sitting on the edge of their chair like the government might shut down. Like, that scared a lot of people Mm -hmm. because their salary might be messed up. Government shuts down, that goes and trickles down through everybody. All these layoffs in tech, Google was laying off, Amazon laying off. Like, people are scared, but we're still out here, and I'm saying we as, like, corporately, Mm -hmm. doing dumb shit. Yeah. Like, we go to the club, and we buy a bottle, and a bottle is between $800 to $1,200. Why? And at the corner is forty to sixty. Girl, I can get drunk at the house. Okay, and I got hookah at the house. But let me Y'all make you laugh wings? too. And I'm the only DJ. Oh. <laughs> Since we're talking about children, they said an annual. Well, how, what? How they put this? The national average spending child each month is around three thousand mm. dollars. So imagine subtracting three thousand dollars from your salary. I would still be okay, but now I'm getting borderline. So like. 
I just think it's very interesting how we say we are America just so much and we're just doing so great when you know, we just had to swap salaries just to say everybody made $50,000 a year at the table. We'll be SOL. Because rent is still fifteen, nineteen hundred dollars mm-hmm. in Atlanta for a one bedroom is averaging seventeen hundred a month. Mm-hmm. The crazy thing, though, it might not—it's not even like an Atlanta problem. Mm-hmm. Like they say that average oh, American wow. is like two to three paychecks away from being homeless. Yes. Mm-hmm. Even with the salaries we just passed out, people are still two to three paychecks away from being homeless. A lot of people you're supposed to have on average like three months worth of bills saved up. Most people don't have that. They don't. Like mm-hmm. it's sad because. One thing could go wrong, and I think that's why, like, you have to be conscious the way you address and discuss homelessness because anybody can experience that shit so fast. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, let's think about it. If, if just think, I'm in the process of buying a home. Mm-hmm. Um, y'all didn't know. Openers, do openers <laughs> didn't know because they already know. Um, they want you. They they tell you if you whatever your monthly bills is, it should be thirty percent of your uh, mm-hmm. of your month, right? I wasn't. My shit was over that. <laughs> like, I barely got, I was like probably a percent and a half away from not meeting the threshold for my debt to cover ratio. And I had to go back and realize, like, I'm spending money on shit that really don't matter, right? A lot of these subscriptions, I had like probably, I was spending like probably, a, ooh, like almost $200 on subscriptions. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Damn. yeah. Um, just a, a whole lot of other shit, too. Um, I got a loan for somebody. I didn't know they were gonna. You, you things that you do for people to help them out. You don't think that it will affect you until you need to use your own stuff. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think about like, wow, like when you are going to the table to get a home, you got to put three and a half percent down. Then you got to pay closing costs. And a, a average American don't have twenty thousand dollars to go to the closing table with. You know, I had to go into my four hundred one k. And I didn't want to do that. <laughs> but I said, thank you, God, for letting me have it, because a lot of people don't have that. You know, so it's just money. Just I feel like we just need a better, like a bigger conversation around it and like really talk about it. Like we investing. Mm-hmm. I invest in stock as well. Um, so that really, that's a whole nother side income I have. But like, it's scary. It's really, really scary because like, it's something happening. If I get sick and they try to say, hey, you need to pay forty thousand dollars up front. I'm SOL. Some people go there; they can't even get the operation because they don't have the money to get the operation. They have mm-hmm. to like get loans and shit. Like it's real life out here. The FDIC has a program called. Um, well, they used to have a program. I don't know if they still do, um, but it's called Money Smarts for Young Adults, uh-huh. mm-hmm. um, and it teaches young people like how to write checks, how to balance a checkbook, how to. Um, what credit actually means and all of the things, all the conversations that we don't necessarily have in our communities. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, how often, I mean, if you took an economics class or if you took, um, there, there might have been another name for it, but you might learn that in economics. But, like, how many high schools teach, like, this is how you balance a checkbook. This is how you. This is how you stay in the black instead of going into the red. Mm-hmm. Um, like these are conversations that I don't think a lot of us are having, especially like even within our our households. Um, and shit, I remember the, oh, I went off to college and 
Um, they were offering, you know, you get these free T-shirts if you sign up for a credit card. And I was like, free T-shirt. So I'm signing up for credit cards. Predatory and, lending, child. Right. Predatory. And next thing you know, that I'm in, I'm in debt. And Discover. Bank of America. Bitch. But not just in Hell, debt. Hell, not them. The Department of Education, bitch. They, <laughs> the biggest, they got all of us in a 360 deal. Them too. Shit. Get a laptop loan. I get a laptop on my own. Like, I do need <laughs> one for school. Oh, girl, because you might need a refund check. No, I didn't, bitch. I should have been eating ramen noodles. Shit. Right. Take all that money back and I done went to the club Matter with a fact, clothes. I will give y'all my degrees back. Y'all can have them. Shit, can I get the same point, money without it? You don't need no degrees or experience to do shit at this point. They don't check no more. All you need, listen, all you need is a connection. <laughs> don't get me started on that. One thing I always tell my, um, my friends with kids is that you need to start teaching them early. I work in the financial world for anybody that does not know. Because um, it's crucial out here. Like, I tell one of my closest friends, you need to get her a prepaid card, give her an allowance. And when that when that money is going on that prepaid card, don't give her anything else. Yeah, make sure they're lying. If she want, if she got fifty dollars on there and she want that forty dollars shirt, she got ten dollars left. Oh, I want uh, a Slurpee or I want this. Okay, so you have ten dollars. It says twelve dollars on the machine. Where's the other two dollars coming from? So the crazy thing I will say, I think that's a great like that's a great way to teach children. Mm-hmm. But when you grow up, when you're like in a lot of, how can I say this? In a lot of predominantly African-American families, sometimes the parents didn't grow up with much, so they want to give their children everything that they can mm-hmm. as they're growing up. So then there are these, like, I want to say, like, you have these, you already have these ideologies and this, like, taste that you've acquired from your parents. So it's like, I can see where you're coming from, but that's hard to tell a child no. Like, for example, I wasn't told no growing up. So my nephews, they asked me for something. Throw it in the bag, boo. Which is not like, you know, it's not smart <laughs> money management stuff, but it's like, it, 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 America got a problem, child. It's just too much. It's just, it's, like, it's a yeah. lot. It is a lot. <sighs> That's why you have to, never mind. Anyway, let's go ahead, child. <laughs> well, let's get to the letter. Okay. Well, we're going to rush to the letter really, really quick. Um, one, um, 10 second answers. Okay. Okay. Um, okay, open us the letter. Um, how you to the letter? We um, invite you to our conversation. Ask a question. Have one talk about something. Please send us a letter. How you can do that? You can go to our website, com, or you go to our Gmail account at, at oblishpodcast at gmail.com and send us an email. The letter. Hey guys, I have a question. I am thir- I am a 39-year-old female. I have two bachelor degrees and one master degree. However, trying to find my equal in a man is extremely hard. I'm afraid of being alone. What do you suggest? I'll keep it simple. Um, if you feel like your standards are too high for yourself to find a man, I say keep your standards with it and keep on looking. Don't lower yourself to meet somebody else. I'm going to say stop trying to find him and let him come to you. Okay. What'd you say, shit? I'm waiting on you, Solomon. Go ahead, girl. (laughs) Um, I would say um, keep up alive. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is not funny. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm gonna say you need to determine what your equal is. If you're simply basing your equal off salary, that might not be where you need to place it. Because it sounds like she's basing it off of her having two degrees and one master's. And if you're looking for a man with two degrees and one master's, that might not be where your equal is. You might have to look at a man that has one bachelor's but got 25 years of experience. Like, you gotta really determine what your equal is because a lot of people are basing it off of money, and I don't think that's what you should be basing off of. But good luck, girl. Keep up flying. Yeah. <laughs> All right, openers. We got our answer, so I'm gonna take us away. <laughs> All right, openers. Thank you for coming and joining the four of us as we swallow hard topics and spit difference of opinions. See you next week. And we out. <laughs>